Hi there, I'm Sheena and this is the Lesbian Review Podcast. This podcast is a spin-off of the popular review site thelesbianreview.com, where we review the best books, movies and music with leading lesbian, bi or queer women. The goal of this podcast is to bring you closer to the best queer media and give you access to interviews with people who are behind the scenes in creating it. Today I'm joined by the fabulous Lacey Gardner and Saxon Bennett, both incredible authors in their own right and a writing duo too. Thank you both for joining me today. It's our pleasure. So that's Lacey. I'm the one with the southern accent. She's the one with the northern accent. And you're the one with the weird accent. <laughs> I'm told that all the time. <laughs> where, where are you from, Lacey? Oklahoma. You have a lovely accent. It's not quite southern, but it's a cowgirl. Cowgirl. Yeah, I'm a cowgirl. <laughs> she just doesn't have any cows currently. Currently, no. Currently. Does that mean at some point you had cows? Yes. I grew up on a ranch. Oh, that's wonderful. I got a cow every birthday until I was 18. That's a lot of cows. I've never heard that story. <laughs> My grandpa gave me a cow every birthday, and then we ate it throughout the year. <laughs> Did you get to name the cow? Uh, I didn't name them. Oh, except for dinner. I, I did. <laughs> Saxon, that's horrible. And then I have to say, I was a vegetarian for 23 years, so. Oh, you beat me out by a couple of years. I was a vegetarian for like eight years, so well done to you. All right, so today, Lacey and Saxon are joining me because they have three books that they want to recommend that you read. They are avid readers and authors, so let's get started. What is your first book, Lacey? Well, I, first of all, because we're independent writers uh, and have our own publishing company, and I love all the indie writers and what it's doing to the lesbic genre and how it is helping us spread out and tell different stories. I think when you have a monopoly of a couple or two or three publishers, you end up with a really homogenized product. Which is great. I love that product. But there are people like Saxon and I who love to read um, alternative lesbian fiction, not just the angsty straight romance. That's good. It's one of the things I love, but I like other things. So we purposefully chose independent writers and we tried to get a little varying selection. So the first one... I wanted to do is survived by her long-term companion, long-time companion, long-time companion by Chris Painter. Um, and I just recently read it like last week. I'm sorry to say it's been out like five or six years or something. And she won some awards for it. Chris Painter. I do not know though. I have talked to her just a couple of times on uh, Facebook or something. I have not ever had the pleasure of meeting her. But from what I've interacted with her, she's one of the sweetest, nicest people ever. And she's super smart, which you can tell in her writing. Survived by her longtime companion, I waited five years to read because of two reasons. I didn't like the cover or the title. And I thought it was going to end so sad that I didn't want to put myself through that. You know, I get kind of tired of cancer books because there's been so many, and I really don't like to cry. I mean, if I'm into a book and I end up crying at the end, then I love it. 
but I really have to force myself to read something that I know is sad. So that title says, this is a really sad book, get ready to cry. And I didn't like the title because it kind of foretold that, hey, somebody's going to die and somebody's going to survive. And I didn't like the format of the book. I had the print copy and it's one of those really tall ones that I find awkward to hold and it's got all this white space on the mark. Anyway, I don't like the formatting and that's just a little personal thing. Most people probably don't care. But anyway, I love the book. Chris Painter writes so concisely and clearly and she's one of those writers that her voice does not get in the way of her story. And I love that. I could totally lose myself in the story without once thinking about why did the author do this or why did the author do that? She was not present. She, I mean, she was present, of course, but it was just a, the story was paramount. And I loved that. And the part I really loved is because I'm fascinated with the turn of the century and with the like 1920s and the whole golden age of Hollywood. And that was half of the book. And I found that so intriguing. I loved, well, I, should I give a brief synopsis? Yes, let's do that. <laughs> so people know what I'm talking about. It starts <laughs> off with two women who were together for a period of years, and they're both researchers and writers. And their jobs take them in different directions. So they break up. It's amicable. It's not really any animosity. They just can't find time to be together anymore because their jobs take them so far apart. And so then they both end up, and here's where you have to have the willing suspension of disbelief. They both end up interviewing the same person to write a book about and having to show up at the same time and interview this older woman who's probably in her late 80s and was the lover of a famous Hollywood movie star. So as they're interviewing this woman, she tells about her love affair that began in like the 30s and how they lived in Hollywood in secret, except within the Hollywood community, and all of the trials and tribulations that they had to go through to remain together. And it's a beautiful love story between these two women covering like 60 years of their love affair. And yes, one of them does die in the end. You know that at the beginning. It's not a spoiler. But it's not sad. Instead, it's almost rejoiceful that they had this time together. And then you have that running parallel with the story about the two writers. And they're apart, right? They broke apart, but they slowly start get, getting back together. So at the end, too, there's a happily ever after between them. I think it won a Goldie, and I think it won, like, the, whatever they call that, the Anne Bannon Choice, whatever it is, the, whatever, where the fans vote. I actually really loved the book. I had a great time reading it. I read it really slowly because I was savoring every aspect, and I loved the two older women part of it. The two younger was like, okay, but I loved the older women and the movie stars and everything. It was exciting. Didn't she do a fabulous job with that? Yes, thank you, Sax. That's why I love her. <laughs> <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> so it's a second chance romance, and there's a bit of like Hollywood glamour sets. Yes. Very cool. And I think really it's palatable for everybody. If you like the just romance books, you've got it right there. If you like the uh, angsty, it's there. 
if you like the kind of slow burn, even though it's two women getting back together, it's there. She kind of covered all the bases with it. And she's a very okay. good writer. And you can tell she's a really smart writer. She researched a lot and did a great job. Fantastic. Sounds awesome. Saxon, is the next one your recommendation then? Yes, mine is by Lila Bruce, and it's called Love Bites. And I love the cover of it because it's got, obviously, a dog on it. And any book for me that has a dog on the cover, I know that I'm going to love. <laughs> I love dog books, too. I, yeah, it's just, and you know, in the end, it's going to be kind of sad in a dog book. But in this one with Lila Bruce, it wasn't. It was actually a delightful story. And it started in a very inventive way because the dog is the narrator in the beginning. So we don't meet Ashley and Peyton until later. Now, Peyton is the vet, that, and Ashley is the one that owns Moose, who happens to be a wiener dog. So in that case, you <laughs> automatically are laughing once you find out that Moose is a wiener dog. And so he hangs around with a pack of dogs. So they have all these conversations about the human, about the human condition, essentially, and they completely don't understand human behavior. But Ashley takes Moose to the vet and Peyton is the vet. Now they've been lovers before and did not break up amicably. So Ashley is freaked out when she brings Moose into the vet, and Moose can sense that something's wrong with Ashley because she's got all these like a really you know intense emotions going on. And then we switch to Ashley. So we get Ashley's point of view, Moose's point of view, the other dog's <laughs> point of view, and Peyton's point of view. I love the dog's point of the, view. <laughs> uh, it is so hilarious. And, you know, and I really am into romantic comedies. And I think that what I really need with them is I need the opportunity to laugh because, well, as you know, in our country, things are kind of tough. So I think that comedy really does help help people that way. And I know that it's not everyone's cup of tea and Love Bites does end up happily ever after because I really do want a happily ever after. I know that it's coming, but I really want it and I'm really anticipating it. Uh-huh. I like the journey toward the happily ever after. It's like we all know how it's going to end. It's the getting there that's so much fun. Definitely. I highly recommend Lila Bruce's novel. She also has Little Lies, which is more of a detective novel. It has the same sort of quirky humor in it. So uh, Lila Bruce is one of my favorites. Yeah. I grab her books each time one comes out. I wish she'd write faster. <laughs> I really like her. <laughs> I know. You're listening to The Lesbian Talk Show. TheLesbianTalkShow.com your hub of podcast information. You guys do the quickie rom-com type stuff too, don't you? Yes. Did you say quickie? <laughs> quirky. Oh, quirky. I'm I like, quickie. Quirky. <laughs> it doesn't happen that quick. <laughs> <laughs> it takes about four months if we work seven days a week. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We do the quirky because... Um, well, I'll be truthful with you. We can't write any other way. We've tried. <laughs> I would love to be, you know, the next Melissa Braden or Jerry Hill or something, but I don't think it's in our makeup. I don't think we can. KG McGregor asked us that once. Are you ever going to just write like a straight romance? And I'm like, you mean we haven't been? 
Exactly. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> we try. It just goes off into someplace else. So I don't know. We are an acquired taste. That's what, <laughs> one thing we have realized. But it is, it's like when we wrote a series, the True Heart series, I really thought that we were writing drama. And it I sort know, of I came out too. with dramedy. Yeah, dramedy. <laughs> That's what we call it. I'm yeah. like, you know, I like to make people laugh. And while they're laughing, yank the rug out from under their feet. And they're like, oh, crap, what just happened? That's so sad. You know, so. And then we'll put the rug back and make them laugh a while longer. But <laughs> well, that's what we try to do. Hence comic relief. And hence why um, you want me to segue now into my next. Go for it. That's a very good segue there. Hence why I love Natasha West. Once again. I don't know who that is. I don't, I only know her name. And I mean, I'm even assuming she's female. I guess she, I don't know. Natasha West. And I, because I'm big on Kindle Unlimited, I read so much that I occasionally buy, but my mainstay is Kindle Unlimited and she's on KU. And I thought, well, that looks interesting. A first book. I thought that looks like a romantic comedy, which I really I love romantic comedies, especially as palate cleansers in between really heavy books. I read a lot of nonfiction. So I like to go from a nonfiction, mainstream nonfiction to something that's a palate cleanser and just pure escapism. And Natasha West, I forget the name of the first book she wrote, but I was hooked after that. I've read every one of her books. And like I get it the day it comes out. And uh, though I've never talked to her or anything, and I prefer it that way, like the mystery of that, I can concentrate on the story instead of the author. Because what if I didn't like her or something? Then it would ruin the magic of the stories for me. So I prefer to just read books and not know the authors. What book did I say I was going to tell you about hers? Just Married. I have to admit, I have not read like her last four books. She's writing so damn fast I can't keep up. And it's like she started putting out one every month or two. And I just, I'll read them, but I just can't keep up. Just Married is funny. Once again, we start with a premise that you have to buy into. That's the key to all of her books. You have to buy into the initial premise or the whole book will not work. So the willing suspension of disbelief, just buckle your seatbelt and say, oh, okay, this is, I'm going for it. <laughs> But this is about two women that accidentally get married in Las Vegas. And then they both have, you know, things that have just happened to them that drive them for a vacation in Las Vegas. And they accidentally get married. And to tell you the truth, I can't remember how it accidentally happened, but I bought it. Okay. And they hate each other. So it's one of those where they just hate each other and yet they're married. And here we have another Hollywood starlet that doesn't want anyone to know that she's gay. And, oh, maybe she'll come out a little bit. And then they're through the course of it. Guess what happens at the end? They fall in <laughs> love. love. <laughs> of course. And it's just such a wonderful. And it's hysterical. And I find, um, well, she's British. So her, well, the sense of humor's the same. But I also enjoy reading something from uh, Britain because, well, the language is different. A lot of the situations are different. I really like that. Even the way she formats her books is totally different from the way I do mine. And I really like that. I like things that are different. I always go towards something that's different and really like it. And I say, um, 
if you're looking for a just a good escapism and just pure D entertainment, Natasha West is your author. So I highly recommend anything by Natasha West. Oh, I fully agree. I relatively recently came to discover Natasha West, and I have been glomming through the her books like they're going out of fashion. I've just finished reading Just Married. It's very cute. Totally agree with that recommendation. But I like that every book of hers is a little bit different. You're not going to get the same thing again and again. But now she is a different type of writer than, say, Chris Painter, where I said Chris stays out of her story. Her voice, well, she's more about the story. And I read Natasha West because I love her voice. Every way that she tells a story, I adore. I love her turns of phrases. I love her sense of humor. I mean, I actually laugh out loud at her. And every time I put the book down, I feel good. I'm like, oh, thank you. You just recharged my batteries and made me feel like going out and doing battle again. You know, it was just like, you know, we need that, Sheena. That's why we write comedy is because we need that. We may never be the number one top sellers in the world, but we get letters from people that are like, I was in the hospital and I read your book and felt so much better. And it's just, laughter really is the best medicine. And when you get a letter like that from someone that says, I was so depressed and I was actually, you know, considering like ending it all. And I read your book and started laughing. Then I read another one and somehow I was able to dig myself out of that hole. I'm like, it's all worth it now, no matter, you know, what kind of money you make or awards or non-awards. Non-awards. It's so good to know that what we're doing is useful to somebody, you know? Hopefully. We just love to make people laugh and to brighten people's lives. That's it. Speaking about brightening people's lives, you've just come out with a book called Second Chances, by the two of you, both of you together. Second chances. Is this a second chance romance? Yes. I think it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Is it? Yes, yes, it is. And again, we got a little, you know, you have to buy into the premise. It's like an alternate reality where it's the same time as now, but it's an alternate reality where there are robots now that help people. And we use the robot not only as comic relief, but as a tool to get two people together that have both sworn off love for different reasons. And the characters, you know, they really learned that they need to leave off their past because one character lost her wife and then the other character has had really, really bad luck with love. So they're both pretty much done with that, only to discover through the help of the robot that they really are capable of loving again. Yeah, and they find that within themselves because of, you know, the robot that they're able to express themselves again and get over like her wife's death and be able to, she was a hermit and agoraphobic and then she was able to, that doesn't sound like a comedy at all, does it, Shana? Explain <laughs> to me how the robot comes into this. The robot was kind of my idea, so if anyone doesn't like the robot, it was my fault. <laughs> But it's it, it's sort of like instead of um, as our society ages, especially in the United States, that 
the idea of being able to use a robot for home health care so that people could actually stay in their homes was where I had gotten the idea because the robots could do, actually do things like clean houses, you know, take care of the people, make sure they take their medication. So it was along that line. So I think sometimes the book gets taken before people re-actually read it as more of a science fiction, which it's not. It's an everyday use of artificial intelligence. It's about 10 years out. So that I think that people, if they if they view it from that way, because we have a robot that, you know, it talks, it doesn't talk in contractions necessarily all the time, and it takes a really different look at humanity. Because it's looking at it really from a literal sense, not it, not a figurative sense of anything, because it doesn't really understand that. And the robot in itself learns about human emotions. So that in some cases, it, it knows what's, what's better for um, the characters than the characters know themselves. Okay. And the robot's okay. a lesbian. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no, the robot actually does sort of... <laughs> All right, I was just freaking you out. But But hang on, hang on. So for people who don't know what this is about, the one character is stuck at home. She's a recluse. She gets the robot. The other woman is the technician who fixes the robot. And that's how they meet. So the... So the robot robot keeps falling apart on purpose, harming herself in order to get the technician over to put those two together. And see, they don't know, but the robot's main mission was to get them to fall in love. Because she was hired by the agoraphobic's mother. Did you guys just spoil the, your book? Is that a spoiler? Is that what you find out right at the end? No, I no, didn't No, that's spoil in the synopsis, so it's a... <laughs> Okay. And it's got a happily ever after. And it's, a, it's like a slow burn romance, yes. you know? Okay. Fantastic. I know, we, we went off the rails a little on that one, but like I said, if you buy the premise, then it's fun. One of my biggest goals in life is to find books with the most outrageous premises that I can buy into. I like reading outside of the box. I like reading things that I have never read before. You want to know another good book? I thought, man, I should have. Can I give a fourth one? Sure. Because I thought, man, I should have done this one. And I don't think it was well received at all in the lesbian community. I don't know why. And it was some woman from Canada. And anyway, she I think she's only written one book called This is Devon. Uh, this is Devon Jones. Yes. I fucking. Lo- oh, I'm sorry. I loved that book. Loved it. Loved it. I thought it was hysterical. It's so it's it's a parody. It's a spoof on this type of thing. And I loved it. I loved that book. It's on my to read list. All right, I I won't give you any spoilers. I won't tell you that she actually dies in the end. And, oh, (laughs) I'm kidding. It's a really good book, though. Take the trip. You'll love it. Tell us what it's about. Devin Jones is some kind of, I don't know, she's like a double. Okay, it's been a couple of years since I read it, so I don't remember. But she was, wasn't she like a 007 type of spy working for the FBI or something? And she's a woman and... I mean, she just kicks ass all the way through it, undercoming these things. And she has like, I don't know, just think of 007, but as a woman in heels kicking ass. And that's what it's like. But it's a parody at the same time. And she really pokes fun at lesbians. She pokes fun at, you know, all of our foibles and 
everything. It's funny. It's just a spoof and a parody, and it's funny. And I think it's brilliant writing. I think she's also, I think she writes movies or something, too. So she's got a good grasp of story. That's great. That does help. All right. So where can people find you online? Because you, uh, you have your own podcast. Where can they find that? Uh, Podbean. So I think it's Lacey and Saxon at podbean.com it's called getting small with Lacey and saxon we've got like 18 episodes and all it is i mean it's not informative like yours is it's just us sitting and talking uh, about really crazy stuff and it's kind of like eavesdropping on two i don't know two dykes sitting around talking about nothing that's what we say but you know it's kind of funny so They can find us there on Podbean, but we have websites, LaceyGardner.com, SaxonBennett.WordPress.com. We're on Amazon. That's the only place we sell our books, though. Print. And we have audiobooks, too. I think we have 12 audiobooks. Yeah, we do a little bit of everything. We we stopped writing blogs mostly, though. Yeah. Because I think people are definitely going towards the podcast. Yeah, I think they're getting most of their information from podcasts now instead of blogs. That's where we're all over the place. We have, I don't know, 40 or 50 books. Goodness. Yeah, we've been writing our asses off for a while. Saxon's been writing since the beginning of Nyad Press. I mean, she's been writing lesbian fiction for 18 years or something. Well, high five to that. Yeah, she's (laughs) one of the, you know, four mothers. (laughs) So we've got to go with that, you know, and I've been writing like eight years. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you, Sheena. I loved it. Thank you. This has been the Lesbian Review Podcast. You can find this and other awesome shows by searching for the Lesbian Talk Show anywhere you get your podcasts. We're even on Spotify now. Find more information on our guest in the show notes, as well as links to what we spoke about on this episode. And... If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to see us creating more awesome content, then consider becoming a patron. Not only does this mean we can keep on doing this, but you will get exclusive podcasts that do not appear on the channel. You can find out all about it on patreon.com slash the lesbian talk show. The link is in the show notes. That's all for this episode. Bye.